being Judeo-Christian literally means that our roots come from Judaism in the sense that the Old Testament is part of our Bible. Yes. Um, the Bible's made up of, you know, 66 books. We got 39 in the Old Testament, 29 in the New. We got the Old Testament and the New. And all of the Old Testament backs up Jesus. It all talks about everything's mm-hmm. prophetic. And it's dealing with God's salvation plan, not only for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. This is a very, very cool subject for us to review today, especially for those who may not be thinking about some of the things that are going to be shared today. And to really, really just cement in your heart, like, man, I really Mm -hmm. need to support Israel. I really need to have their back, not just because I'm a Christian, but because you know it's right. Mm -hmm. You know that God loves these people. Uh, The Lord says in the scriptures that um, he who touches Israel touches the apple of my eye. We've been encouraging our audience out there, the congregation, to really make sure that when you vote this year, that you're voting biblically. America we know and love simply does not exist without Israel. It is crucial that we, the church, continue to vote for candidates who share our passion to support Israel. We must never neglect the bond we have with Israel, not only as our ally, but also as God's chosen people. We are back with another installment of We the Church. This is going to be the last episode regarding voting. We've been encouraging our audience out there, the congregation, to really make sure that when you vote this year, that you're voting biblically. Uh, We have covered already the importance of marriage, the importance of um, knowing what you believe on abortion, which we are obviously pro-life. Last time we spoke about the church, and today we're going to talk about Israel and Israel's relationship with the United States of America and why is that so so important that the administration that we are supporting has a good relationship going forward with the nation of Israel. I have once again Wade O'Neill and Scott Salamet and we also have Adrian Alonzo who's a pastor and is on staff here as well at Calvary Chapel Golden Springs to discuss this. I think when we're speaking about Israel, I think all of our hearts and our minds have to go to the book of Genesis chapter 12. I'm teaching Genesis right now on Friday nights, and it's so amazing that as we see the the totality of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, you definitely have to have a good understanding biblically to understand prophecy, to understand the Scriptures as a whole of the purpose of the nation of Israel. And the promise that was given to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 goes as this. He told Abraham, he says, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And here's the key verse, verse 3. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I think a lot of people have this scripture um, memorized. We recognize its importance. When we look at scripture, Wayne, on this particular promise, and there's many promises that are linked to uh, a, a people that are blessing Israel, why is this so important? It's important for many reasons that we'll discuss here uh, together today, but I think mainly um, as a nation right now, you look at our support of the nation of Israel from the birth of our nation, really, our backing um, of the nation of Israel. I, I don't think it can be underestimated as why we as a nation have received so many blessings from the Lord. We truly are, even in through everything we're going through right now, 
um, we are a blessed nation. And I do believe a lot of it has to do with um, our backing of the nation of Israel. It's a simple promise, but it's a promise to be believed. You know, uh, the Lord says in the scriptures that um, he who touches Israel touches the apple of my eye. Mm -hmm. And so we can't deny, if you're a Bible-believing Christian and you look at Scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament, even into God's dealing with the nation of Israel um, in the book of Revelation, um, how important it is that the nation and the church stand behind um, his people were exhorted in scripture to be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. And without God's dealings with Israel, um, the church, church would not be in existence. We would not, we would not have salvation either. Yes. Um, Adrian, um, you've loved studying the Bible. You have taught in Bible school. Uh, you have taught for many years. You've gone on mission trips before. You've been a part of ministry for a long time. Um, you love the word. You put uh, a lot of Bibles, you love collecting Bibles, so I know how important the Word is uh, to you. Um, you've traveled to Israel, like all of us have been to Israel before. Uh, when you think of that verse, and when we think about the relationship of the United States of America and Israel, why is this such an important topic to speak on? Well, I think, you know, when you have a very unique opportunity to visit the land of Israel, you really have a, a giant opportunity to cement in your heart and in your mind everything that you've read, everything that you know to be true in the Word of God, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And when you have a unique opportunity to visit the land of Israel, it's an amazing place. You know, I was told that when we went to Israel to write down, like in certain parts of Scripture, like, I was here. You know, and as I remember those and as I remembered like certain scriptures and as we went through certain parts of Israel, you began to see that Israel is so special. It's not just, you know, when you think of all the number of the nations in the entire world, there's one that stands out above all. And that is because it's ordained by God, mm. you know, and it stands out differently from every other country in the world. So as a Christian, you know, when you read the text, when you study the Bible, but when you're there at the Sea of Galilee, when you're walking the land of Israel and you're seeing perhaps things that are so old that maybe these things were present during the time of Christ or whatever the different time frame may be, you really get something special. And that is the pages of the Bible, the, the words in the text, they come off the page and they really just become so real in your heart as you realize, I'm walking on the same soil that others have. I'm in the land of Israel. Mm. So it just becomes very intimate. It becomes very special. So how can you not, as a believer, put those two elements together, which is, you know, I, I'm saved, praise God. I'm saved by God's grace. But I, yet I get to visit the land of Israel and witness something that some people perhaps never, ever get to do in their entire life, something that is so special and then you began to wonder, like, man, the Lord has blessed this place. And we are blessed as a nation as a direct result of honoring those texts. You know, we're told in Psalm 122 to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And when you're there and you see what's going on, you, you, you're able to very easily see how important that is as a nation that we pray for Israel, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, we pray for the leadership that's there. And the people of Israel, they love Christians. Mm -hmm. They, they welcome us with open arms. You know, they're very kind to us. You know, they know that we also play a very special role with them as well. 
So I just think it's beyond important. This is a very, very cool subject for us to review today, especially for those who may not be thinking about some of the things that are going to be shared today and to really, really just cement in your heart. Like, man, I really Mm. need to support Israel. I really need to have their back, not just because I'm a Christian, but because you know it's right. Mm. You know that God loves these people regardless of whatever we see in scripture that god loves them he has a plan for them god wants to use their lives still today and we know that he will so it's just a very very Mm. special place and and to visit that to go there that was an honor to be honest with you and i I recommend it for anybody but it really just brings the word of god to life yeah um scott same thing you know let's just start off from this biblical perspective of what we know because we're bible teachers we, we recognize as the bible says that the nation of israel and jerusalem the apple of the lord's eye um god is still working the plans are prophetical uh, chuck smith used to always say if you want to understand prophecy you must look at the nation of israel why does the nation of israel why is it so prominent today even though in its locality and its size, I've heard different things. It's the size of New Jersey or whatever. It's a small in comparison, but yes, it's been um, sustained by the Lord. Why is it from a biblical perspective so important to have a good relationship with the nation of Israel? Yeah, I, 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 I love this topic. It's one of my favorite ones because when I first got uh, saved, you know, I, you know, you hear about us being a quote-unquote Judeo-Christian nation and to go into that whole perspective that's actually a that's an honor to have that that uh connection that that connection because what it literally means is and we've talked about this before christianity does not exist without judaism and judaism cannot exist without us Mm -hmm. because if you think about it they they look at us in the in in the nation of israel they love us we talked about this early before the study we were talking about amongst ourselves how most of the jews in this country are more secular Mm-hmm. But most of the Jews over there, because they live in that area, they're surrounded by the historical mm-hmm. as well as the existential threats that are around them all the time. They realize that, you know, uh, that God has to be in the center of them for the most part. And they recognize their religion as a huge part of their culture and as, as their being as a nation. But here in this country, I think that they're so far removed mm-hmm. that they don't see the importance of it. Being Judeo-Christian literally means that our roots come from Judaism in the sense that the Old Testament is part of our Bible. Yes. Um, the Bible's made up of, you know, 66 books. We got 39 in the Old Testament, 29 in the New. We got the Old Testament and the New. And all of the Old Testament backs up Jesus. It all talks about everything's mm-hmm. prophetic and it's dealing with God's salvation plan, not only for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. The Book of Romans talks about this. And so when we as Christians are trying to encourage th- this next generation of why because i deal with young people all the time they ask me what's with this whole thing about the christians and the, the u.s support for israel because they're being taught in school that you know they're they're the arch enemy of the palestinian people and they've displaced them and all these kind of things and you'd have to go into history yeah. they became a nation on may 14th 1948 that's when mm-hmm. they became a nation that's where everybody recognized them they came home jews were coming out of the woodwork to come back right after world war ii established their nation and from the 1948 until now, they have been attacked and been in multiple different mm. um, uh, campaigns against the Palestinians and all kinds of, of, of aggressors on all sides of them. Well, you, you, you quoted uh, Genesis right off the bat. That is a promise that we in the United States should always keep at the forefront of our mind. We have to have Israel's back all the time. Mm. We, they don't serve us. The Bible says we're mm. to serve them. Why? Because they're God's people. 
And so as we serve them, it means basically we come alongside them, we encourage them, we protect them, we give them whatever aid we can. It doesn't mean that we're against Palestinians or anybody else. It just means that we're going to keep that covenant by God. And, and so when we're talking about the importance of the support for Israel, it's not from a military perspective. It's mm -hmm. not from an economical uh, perspective. It, it, it's not from an ideological perspective. It's from a religious biblical standpoint that we support them mm. because it is a commandment given by God. Mm. And so our nation and our, I should say, our, our good fortune as a nation, one of those main things is the, the support of Israel. Mm. And by being obedient to God's word in that aspect, we, we all also have to look at the other commandments and keep those as well. A nation that keeps Israel as the forefront and the word of God as their foundation is a, is, a, is a nation that is going to prosper in the things of God in every area. Mm. So it's super important for us as Americans and as voters and as Christians to recognize Israel. You brought up a, a lot of good points right now, and you re referenced uh, the rebirth of the nation of Israel in 1948. Um, you worked for In-N-Out for many years, so didn't In-N-Out start in 1948 <laughs> too? Did, yeah. So two great things <laughs> yeah. uh, took place, right? Here <laughs> in Southern California... That. In and out was birth, and then go. in 1948, once find again, out the date and then have a burger on that date. That'd be awesome. <laughs> we have the Israeli flag behind us, yeah, and once again, and more importantly, the nation of Israel rebirth. But that's why we bring up the scripture. The land was always given to the nation of Israel by the Lord in the book of Genesis, mm -hmm. and the Lord gave instructions to Abraham and to his family to possess this land. And it, you won't, uh, if you understand the Old Testament just a little bit, you'll be able to grasp that. Mm -hmm. uh, even Moses be, coming out of Egypt with the children of Israel going into the promised land, the stories of Joshua and all that took place throughout the Old Testament, you have to understand it all is based upon a land that God had set aside for his people. Mm -hmm. um, and it is a great promise. There, there's so many great truths to that i want to bring this up for a second uh wayne and this is a, an amazing thing of scripture and we said that if you want to understand prophecy you have to look at the nation of israel when we look at the rebirth of the nation of israel it's a miracle never has a a nation have been so persecuted and in the brink of being wiped out to rebirth once again for those that know the bible a little bit the philistines the amalekites and all those that came against the lord uh the minute they're wiped out, mm. you know? And so, yet the nation of Israel has sustained. And you brought up World War II. And we see what happened in the Holocaust. Go back further. You see persecutions that took place in Rome. The other places before, the Babylonians and the Medes and Persians, we have seen the nation of Israel has gone through so much, so much persecution, mm -hmm. greater than, than, than all. Um, Wade, and we talked about also how small it is, Wayne, when we look at the sustaining aspect of the nation of Israel and being it being rebirthed in 1948, why is that such a, a big thing? Well, first, it's a fulfillment of prophecy. You know, the, the word prophesied that the Jews would be back in the land. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, the end is near, mm -hmm. right? And so as uh, from the prophetic calendar, we should really be um, mm -hmm. keeping our eyes on Israel and everything that's going on in Israel because as believers— we're to live with this, um, this, this expectancy for the return of the Lord. And it's interesting, you mentioned the size of Israel and how small it is, but it's so interesting that a majority of the world is fighting over such a small um, piece of land. 
everything is focused around Israel. And the more that everything gets focused upon Israel, the nearer to the return of the Lord we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, it's so important that we look at what is taking place there as a believer to always be well-versed mm-hmm. of what's going on um, in the nation right now. Um, and even over all these topics that we've been looking at, whether it be marriage, pro-life, um, the church, Israel, all of these are, are, are biblical issues, covenants of the Lord that we, the church, need to be uh, actively involved in supporting. And we as believers should be so um, well-versed in what's taking place um, in Israel because as we see the nations of the world beginning to turn against Israel, mm-hmm. um, our eyes look up because mm-hmm. the Lord is coming soon. Yeah. Wait, you mentioned uh, a fulfillment of prophecy of uh, 1948, and, and you're right, you know, and you refer back to the bu- book of Ezekiel, right, chapter 37, and then going into chapter 38, 37 speaks about the dry bones being revived, and it's speaking of the nation of Israel. That's a very important prophecy because there's a lot of things that are, are lining up. You see things falling into place. Uh um, Adrian, when we look at the sustaining aspect of the nation of Israel, what stands out to you from God's hand upon that land and why, why it's special from that perspective? You know, I think when you spend a lot of time reading the Bible, you, you fall in love with the Old Testament because you see, you know, God's hand upon his people. And story after story, chapter after chapter, book by book, you just see how God loves his people and how he desires to protect them and how he desires to bring them in, you know, and to love on them. You know, I, I, I'm thinking about a verse right now, Sean, from um, Psalm 125. It's, it's verse 2. It says, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people mm. from this time forth and forever. Mm. You know, the word forever just goes on and on and on and on. You know, when you take that verse and you, and, and you just inhale it, you know, you see God loves his people, mm-hmm. you know, and therefore as a, as a believer, as we fall in love with God's word, the text, our devotional life of just being read up, as Wade said, and just understanding the scriptures, you know, you begin to see like this, this is the people that are the apple of his eye, mm-hmm. you know, and you naturally just, you love as a believer, you love the things that God loves and you hate the thing that God hates, which represents sin, but mm-hmm. the things that God loves is God's people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we have an opportunity and we come across and we meet somebody who is a Jew or, or they're from the land of Israel, you know, you can't help but to stare at this person a little bit different because you're like, man, like you have that heritage, you have those roots, like, you're from Israel, like, mm-hmm. you're God's people, like, you're special, you know, and, and they are, and, and we should have a great reverence for them, for sure, so, but, um, yeah, for sure, I mean, we, we need to support Israel more than ever, you know, there's so many crazy things going on in the world today that you just see so much animosity towards them, you know, and it seems to be all slighted in one a particular direction, but for us as believers, you know, we know and we see the beginning to the end, mm-hmm. we have the, the privilege of having in our hands Genesis to Revelation, which gives us the complete story as we know of Israel, mm-hmm. and, and we have something special as believers. So, 
So, yeah, I mean, we, we should love God's people. We should support them in every way that we can, mostly prayer. Yes. You know, reaching out and praying for these for these people. You know, they're under a lot of duress. You see a lot of crazy stuff on the news, you know, and you just know through the lens of the Bible, like, no, these are God's people, and we need to support them. You know, I, I like that you brought up that spiritual aspect. Is The best thing that we could do is prayer is because it is important because there's a spiritual battle. And there's a spiritual battle in everything that we see. All the topics that we have covered, that's a spiritual aspect. That's why we're speaking on these things. We're talking about pro-life. We're talking about life. The Bible says he is the giver of life. We are not to be taking life. When we talk about the importance of the church, the church is the bride of Christ. When we look at the family, we see that foundation that God has created man and woman. He created them in his own image. And he caused them to multiply and to build families and everything. These are all ordained by God. And we look at the nation of Israel from this, the spiritual realm, we have already kind of overviewed of all the attacks of the enemy. Now, we might say um, the Egyptians back in the day, or we might say the Medes and the Persians or the Assyrians or whoever it's been, or, or the Germans in and, and, uh, and World War II. But all behind those people is spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Demonic. The enemy wanting to destroy, always. Go in the New Testament. When, when Jesus was born, born of a virgin. And we know that um, there was King Herod that was out of his mind that tried to wipe out all the children that were two years and under to wipe out this so-called king that he had heard that would maybe take a spot. And it's a spiritual battle behind it. It's demonic. And we are living in a day and age when we see in our culture today what's going on. I think the church needs to wake up and understand that we definitely need to pray. And there's a battle. And when there are strides that are being taken in the, the positive for the nation of Israel, best believe that there are going to be attacks of the enemy. There have been some things that have happened in the last couple of years with our relationship with Israel that have been amazing. And we have heard some great news from Israel themselves of the great relationship that's been there, but is also blossoming in a lot of ways. One of them, Scott, was the embassy moving from Tel Aviv, which is a beautiful location, but it is has been moved to Jerusalem. There have been many presidents. There have been many administrations with a goal for it to happen, but they procrastinated. In 2018, I believe, yeah, was, was it 2000? Okay, was moved to Jerusalem. Why is that important? Because it recognized for the one of the first times, other than I think it was uh, I want to hear Roosevelt or something like that, but actually recognized. He first recognized them as a state. But Donald Trump actually said, hey, uh, Jerusalem is the capital. And this is a big thing because that's always been the capital of their worship. For them to put it in Tel Aviv where it was, that's mostly a Palestinian-controlled area for the most part. He said, no, we're going to bring it to the spiritual capital. And when he declared that, like, the nation of Israel went crazy. Um, he, they said, he, "This we're going to recognize Israel as a capital, took our embassy out of Tel Aviv and moved it there, basically making it official. Like, our representation of our nation is there in the capital with Israel, Netanyahu went crazy, and they named a, a little uh, hamlet two years later. Uh, I think it only had like 10 or 15 people, but they named it uh, Trump Heights over in the Golan Heights uh, after Trump for his, uh, what he did. They, they view him kind of like as a, a modern-day Cyrus, King Cyrus, that, mm-hmm. that was a Babylonian, but that he actually was moved by God to build the temple, mm-hmm. 
mm. and to uh, to to basically uh, champion Help the people. Them. And mm. so uh, they look at him like that. Mm. But it's important, you know. One of the things that you said earlier, and I think all of us have kind of bounced off it, is that you know we owe an incredible amount of who we are as a nation from the Isra from from Israel. Uh, most people don't understand the history of the connection. They think it's a religious thing, but from a biblical perspective, when Jesus gives the parable, when he's talking about the, you know, the rich man that had a great feast and he invited all of his guests and one by one they began to make excuses why they couldn't go and they couldn't, you know, they couldn't make it. He, he tells his servants, fine, go out into the highways and the byways mm -hmm. and why don't you invite all the people that are, you know, I don't even know them. And he began to grab people off the street and he brought them into the feast and, you know, he blessed them and, and then... After that, uh, the guests that were invited heard all the, the ruckus going on. They came and began to want to join the feast. He says, sorry, the, the door is closed, so to speak. That is a whole illustration of, of, as the Bible says, Jesus came into his own, the Jews. And they owned his, his own did not receive him as the Messiah, but as many as did receive them, he gave them the right authority to become sons of God. And that's us. Mm -hmm. We got the cast off of their faith, mm -hmm. and because of our acceptance of Jesus the Messiah, the one that they're looking for, that they don't recognize as a Messiah, our nation has been blessed to the point of where now we have become even greater in stature and power than Israel, although we keep our rightful spot as submission unto, under the authority. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting that we owe it so much to them, but they don't recognize why, per se, yet, because their eyes are partially blinded, as the Bible says. Um, Wade, talking about the embassy going to Jerusalem, let's just talk about when you go to the nation, when you travel to Israel on the tour, it's phenomenal, right? You're able to sail across the Sea of Galilee. Uh, you're able to float in, in the Dead Sea. You go through Capernaum. You go through all of these places that Jesus would have taught. And when you come to the last few days of the trip, you make that track into Jerusalem. And when you start walking down into the city of Jerusalem, it's different, very different. Um, you just see history. I mean, the picture that you see looking onto uh, the, the wall surrounding uh, Jerusalem, it's just phenomenal because you, you recognize that Jesus spoke from here. This is where the path that he would have taken down, riding on a donkey, all that took place in Jerusalem, Jerusalem being a very special place, the fact that the embassy going there, but why is Jerusalem such a special place? You know, the Bible says that when Jesus, prior to his crucifixion, looked over Jerusalem, he wept. Um, his heart breaks for his people. His heart breaks for Jerusalem. He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I wanted to gather you under my wings mm -hmm. as a hen gathers her chicks, but you were unwilling. Um, one thing we know about the Lord is the Lord finishes what he begins and he is going to do what he said he's going to do. There's going to be another temple rebuilt and he's going to begin to deal with Jerusalem again um, after the rapture of the church. And the Lord is going to continue to finish what he's what he has begun. And um, one thing that is just what I love about scripture, just in my general makeup, is um, the truth of scripture causes you to make a radical stand. Mm. You're either for or you're against. And the world we're calling it right now, everyone throws around the word 
polarized. Mm-hmm. You, you cannot be neutral as it pertains to Scripture, especially um, God, God's heart towards Jerusalem, God's working with Jerusalem. And I, and I don't think there's been a, an administration in recent days that has been so pro um, Jerusalem and Israel as the current administration. Um, and we're talking. We, this podcast is called "We the Church," mm-hmm. and we're talking to the church right now. There may be unbelievers who are not listening right now, but again, this is a, another polarizing situation. The current administration backs Israel. The current administration has done a lot for Israel. Has recognized uh, Jerusalem as the capital, and uh, the other party has a very wishy-washy position on the significance of the nation of Israel. Mm. And I think, to me, this is, again, just another black and white situation. Mm. Um, Draw the line in the sand. Either you're a Bible-believing Christian and you're going to have the heart of God towards his people, or you're going to compromise. And it's a very significant topic. You look at Ezekiel 38 and 39, and I don't want to get too too far ahead of us, but Mm. I believe we'll get there in this podcast, but... The Bible says that when that battle happens, uh, Jerusalem will be found in a place of peace. Mm. And a great peace treaty was just signed. Mm. So we need to wake up. We need to see what's going on. And we need to draw the proverbial line in the sand and realize what is going on Mm. right now. We can be, as as Americans, we can be so, and we're we're mocked for this at times, so uh, narrow in our focus. Mm. But... We need to broaden our focus. And if you're not concerned with any other world issues, be concerned with what's taking place in Israel, mm. what's going on, um, all the war gaming that's going to be mm. happening. So there's a lot taking place as it yeah. pertains to, every, again, everything surrounding Israel. Mm. And when this happens, the Lord says, watch out for my return. You, you set it up perfectly, Wayne, because that was the next thing that we were go- going to bring up is in this last few months, it had, had made the news, and it's a very significant thing, uh, especially from Bible scholars, you know, our own Jesse Barella, you know, you've heard Don Stewart, people that have done prophecy, that have broken this down, they've seen, Pastor Roll as well, has seen the significance of this, the UAE peace deal. Um, this taking place is huge, because wages made reference to Ezekiel, of 38 and, and Ezekiel 38 speaks of a future event where the nation of Israel is going to be surrounded. Um, and they are, even if you look at a map, they are surrounded by their enemies. People, th- those uh, nations, those Arab nations surrounding them, they hate them. They, they like to wipe them off the face of, of the earth. Now, this happening, um, and the couple of different peace deals that have taken place, um, from a biblical perspective, if you break down the names of some of those locations, it turns out that these peace deals have lined up with that in uh, the geographic location as being those that in Ezekiel 38 say that these will be at peace. These won't, when they're asking the question, why are you all going in? They are standing back and they're not. So we're actually seeing that fulfillment of scripture. Uh, Adrian, that perspective. Uh, We talked about this a little bit when it went down. Why do you think that that is significant. Well, I, I think when I go back to hearing Pastor Chuck, where he would always teach us, you know, to keep our eyes on Israel and and to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And and when you see that peace is coming forth, and you see it as a fulfillment of prophecy, you see it as a, a part of 
just um, you know keeping your eye on Israel, you know you're blessed. We're blessed as a people today with technology that we're able to know and see, and kind of have a heartbeat as to what's going on in the world. So all of us are you know up on our apps and we get news notifications about these things. But when these things started to unfold, like the different peace deals. It's just unbelievable how much this administration has done to support Israel. And, and when you see all these guys coming to the White House and they're all standing on that upper deck of the White House and they're all coming together unified, you know, you see that that's God's grace. That's God's hand upon his people, you know, and that's just a neat thing. It's kind of a sad thing that as Christians that this is even a subject you know, about the support of Israel. And then you see different parts of things that benefit God's people, such as a peace deal, you know. But we know that the two party lines are very distinct when it comes to supporting Israel. So when we as Christians see that there's being peace brought to God's land and God's people, that should excite us. Mm. That should excite us and really bring to our hearts and our minds, man, this is a fulfillment of Scripture. Like, this is so cool that I'm able to live in this time and I have a heartbeat and understanding of what's going on in the world, and yet I'm a recipient of it. The church, we are recipients of that blessing where we're able to see God's hands move right now, and yet it's a subject of, of perhaps debate. For us as Christians, it's not. You know, we love Israel. We love God's people. We want to see them prosper. We want to see them live in peace. When You know, when you're there in Israel, you know, you notice certain things that make you wonder why there isn't peace. And then you see the reason why there isn't peace. You see the spiritual warfare that's there. It's thick. It's in the air. You feel it. and You know it. I had a unique privilege, Sean, when I was in Jerusalem that I saw a group of uh, it was like a school field trip kind of thing, and it was a whole line of kids all lined up going into Old Jerusalem. And I noticed that there was an adult at the front of the line and the back of the line, and that's not unusual. We we see that today, like if 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 an American group of kids were going to like a museum or something, but there was something else that was different, and and, and this is all ties in. There was a person at the front of the line and the back of the line with a machine gun. That's not normal. Mm. When I saw that as an American, I was like, man, I really want to ask them why. But I felt so awkward to ask them why. And I had an opportunity to speak with some of them. And I asked them why. And they said, because we love our children and we're here to protect them. And people want to bring harm to our people. These are God's people. We're God's people. And they knew I was from America. They figured that out pretty quick, you know. And my heart just went out to them. Like, So when we hear of peace deals and we hear of different things that's going to bring peace to God's people we should celebrate and and we really should consider this to be a a considerable milestone in the timeline of prophecy that god is bringing peace to his people and we know the beginning of the end of how things are going to be laid out but it's something we should be excited about so as a, a people who are going to be voting here very shortly you know this is a very very important topic just as much as all the other topics that we have discussed here on this platform and on this podcast that we should support israel Scott, what would you add to that as far as um, talking about, because you love to keep up with news, you, you know what's taking place in the world. When you saw these peace treaties um, coming to pass, why is it important? Because for some people, it was just an earmark, it was just they scrolled past it, no big deal. Why is it important? Well, I think you touched on it earlier, in the, uh, a few minutes earlier, you talked about the prophetic uh, meaning 
we need, we know that uh, it, it was interesting, and and Wade touched on in a minute. There's going to be some military exercises that are actually going to be taking place in the late fall, with all those nations that are currently uh, against us. It would be China. It would be Russia. It would be some of the Middle Eastern countries, some of the Balkan regions, and they're going to be in three distinct parts of the world. One of them is in the East China Sea, one of them is in the Middle East, and one of them is going to be in Africa. And all of those three areas are where all those nations are going to gather together. And the Bible does talk about it. he's going to put it in his mind mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to go down and attack Israel at a time of peace and at a time when they're, they're, they have no borders up, no walls up, no defenses, and they're just going to be in the re and just decide to go down there. There's going to be nothing that spawns it. It's just going to come out of nowhere. He's going to put it into the mind uh, of the, this current you know, leader, whatever, to go down and attack them. And uh, it could be very well that we see that in our time before the rapture takes place. I don't know. It doesn't say when in prophecy it's going to happen, but it's exciting. Uh, not for the Israel. I mean, I pray for their defense. I pray for their protection. We know that God always does, but it's all leading up. And it's exciting for us because as Christians, we look at, like Wade said in the beginning, it's the clock. Chuck used to say it all the time. It began with Israel. It's going to end with Israel. And so as we keep our eyes on Israel and what's happening down there, it just makes us excited because we're getting closer to the coming of the Lord and the fulfillment of all the things that he said that he has in plan for not only his people, Israel, but also for the church and the rest of the world. It's coming to an end. Yeah. I'm going through the book of Revelation right now. I just went through 15. And in 15, um, the angels in heaven are singing a song that Moses sang in Exodus chapter 15. And one of the things in the latter part in, uh, of, the, of the chapter, and I talked about it last night, is there's two words. I want to read it to you. It's in Exodus 15. And it says here, he says in verses 16 and 17, fear and dread will fall upon them, meaning when those that come against Israel. For by the greatness of your arm, they will be as still as a stone until your people pass over. In other words, till the Passover of the Red Sea, right? He delivers them and he says, whom you have purchased. And that's an interesting thing because Jesus hadn't come yet. He's talking about the purchased possession. He paid for them on the cross, just like he did for us. They're going to come to that realization later. But look what it says in verse 17. You will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. He's talking about Jerusalem. He's talking about Mount Zion. In a place, O Lord, which you have made for your own dwelling. He says right here, for your own dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. And so he says it, Moses is singing prophetically in that song, speaking about the deliverance from Pharaoh, but he actually has no idea that he's actually speaking about the future of what God's going to do with Israel. Mm. And so we see this being played out, and it's exciting because here we have all the entirety of the Old Testament, we have the New Testament, we have the full picture of what God is going to do, and we're living in those times right now. Yeah. It's super exciting, super exciting. Wait, just in closing, we have gone through, this is the fourth podcast, and it's all with the heart of encouraging, exhorting the church to vote in 2020. What words would you like to wrap up this series of We the Church? I pray that these, these podcasts have made voting simple. Mm -hmm. um, it, there's so much chaos right now. There's so much going on. Um, there's every, you're inundated with these little sound clips of people's opinions all day long and as a christian uh, we need to do our due diligence to inform ourselves um, 
but also to ha- hold a correct view of Scripture. And as we set out on this project, that, that was the vision, to simplify this voting process. And because both parties are diametrically opposed to one another on these four topics that we chose to speak on, I pray that it's made it very simple for um, for the believer uh, to vote righteously, because that's what we've talked about in the past. We're, we're, we're not voting for an individual so much as we are for truth, for biblical values. Again, it's not who we're voting for, it's what we're voting for, all with the mindset of one day we will have to stand before the Lord and give an account done for the deeds done in the body. Um, now, with that said, um, it's not just our, our, our duty to vote, it's our responsibility to, to, um, to steward this uh, gift that has been given us, to, to, to let our voice be heard, and to not be silent on these issues of, again, righteousness and unrighteousness. And as an individual, I can't speak for anybody else, but as an individual, on the day of judgment when I stand before the Lord, I don't want to have to stand before him and say, I voted against your biblical view of marriage. I voted against your biblical view of life. Or I voted against your people, your bride, your church. Or I surely don't want to look at the Lord in his face on the day of judgment and say that I voted against your people, Israel. And so that's what, that's what this election and voting in this election comes down to is uh, what does the what does the Bible say? And so I th- I'm thinking of Deuteronomy. The Lord says, "I set before you today a blessing and cursing," and He says, "Choose life. Mm-hmm. Choose life." And it's all that simple. Yeah, amazing, Wayne. That was awesome. Um, Adrian, you you are a father, and you are a grandfather. Actually, you think about because I think voting you have to have that perspective. It's not just about you. We live in a selfish society. And so someone's like, oh, this doesn't impact me. I'm not going to vote. But then you think you have children, you have grandchildren. Why is this so important as we're looking into the future of the United States of America? You know, you can't just think for today. And I think a lot of us do that, even here within the church. We tend to think of this election as only being, you know, Donald Trump or, you know, Joe Biden. No, we're, we're, we're wrong if you think that way. You've got to think the future because... The things that are going to result, the fruit that's going to come out of decisions that are made and policies that are going to be made are greatly going to affect us today, sure. But I care about the future when it comes to my my children's children, my grandkids. You know, all of us have younger kids and, and they're going to get older and they're going to have to live with the decisions that we've made because we're in a really super important time right now. Literally, this election is beyond important of anything that we've ever seen in all of our generations here in this podcast. And the decisions that are going to be made as a re- end result of this are going to affect my grandkids. They're going to affect your kids in the future. And they're going to look back perhaps one day and to be able to see, man, we see where the church stood up. They went out and voted righteously, and we're able to benefit that or the opposite. And none of us want that for our future. So we got to think beyond today. We have to think towards the future and the decisions that are going to be made because we want things that are going to honor God. I believe with all my heart and just echoing what Wade had just said, like God cares about our actions. And if God cares about my actions on a daily basis, then he most certainly is going to care about where I cast my vote. 
And I want to cast my vote on the side of righteousness. And so I can stand before God with a clean conscience and a clean hand, clean heart, saying, I didn't vote against the things that you love. I voted for those things. And I wanted to see righteousness, not just for the United States, because our influence in this administration and our influence of our country affects the whole world Mm. as they look upon us. So we got to do what's right before God and do it in such a way that I don't have any regrets because I voted for righteousness and not just for today with that mindset. I want to have the mindset of thinking forward for the future. You know, as we are doing this podcast, we are locally here in Southern California. And I think uh, the danger, Scott, that some people that can fall into being in California is people can fall in being indifferent. Because they're like, well, my vote, is it really going to change everything? California always lands up in the same predicament. I think it's very important to vote because not doing anything, you will destroy the future. You have to stand for truth and righteousness. Uh, There's many things in California that need to be changed. I think we all can attest to that. We've lived through a crazy year of 2020. We need to pray for that in the future as well. But this is also being heard all across the United States of America, further than the United States of America, because we have the ability through this technology to do that. So there's people all across the United States right now, um, Scott, that may find themselves in an indifferent uh, mentality. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them that are in between whether voting really matters? Yeah, you know, uh, indifference is a, is a good way to put it, and it's like, it goes back to what what Wade was saying about just this polarization that's going on right now because you hear so much static on both sides. It almost makes you like you don't want to make a decision. You don't want to move in any one particular thing. But the truth is we are called to stand up, to speak out. We are called to 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 lift up and strengthen the truth and proclaim it no matter what the cost. Whether our votes simil- you know, count or not, because some people say that our, your votes don't really count in California because it always goes one direction. Yeah. Well, is that something to teach my kids? Hey, it's not going to matter, so don't do anything? No. We're standing up with all those people that are making that vote in Montana, in Wisconsin, in Colorado, in New York, in Florida, in Texas, in Arizona, in all these states. And if I've missed any, forgive me, but they're standing up. We're standing in unison with them and saying, hey, we all believe this. And so we are putting forth our vote in the direction of what we believe as Christians by our faith and by our moral ethics. Like this is what we believe, whether they choose to count us or not. It's more of a principle thing. We're standing up and saying, hey, this we're all one. This is our voice. Let it be heard on Election Day. So it's super important that we stand up. We the church, the vision behind it has been echoed many times throughout this uh, time today. And as we look at the church and we see that the influence of the church in the United States of America and we see the Judean and Christian principles that was founded upon this nation, we have seen a land, the United States of America, the greatest nation in the world. It really is. Many people attest to that from the outside as well. A perfect nation? No, there'll never be a perfect nation. There's not a perfect person other than, than Christ. But we are standing in front of a very pivotal moment in our nation's history. And we, the church, must stand for truth, must stand for righteousness. We must vote biblically. So make sure on November 3rd that you vote. Make sure whatever you need to do, if you're having to vote by mail, you do it in time and in advance, and you make sure that you stand for truth and righteousness in every decision that you make. And more importantly, you pray. You pray for the nation 
the United States of America. You pray for the, the nation of Israel, and we will see God move in a very powerful, powerful way. We hope these podcasts have been a blessing to you. We would love to hear from you. Please comment below, share this video with others, and we have many things in store here at Calvary Chapel Golden Springs, as well as the Somebody Loves You YouTube Worldwide of a lot of amazing content that's going to be coming your way. So we love you so much. Take care and have a great day.